Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We're probably low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas. For Ghost Coast Hoops with myself, Craig Hoops And we've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We are going to be joined by Cooper Watson. He does tremendous work over there at Bustin' Brackets. We're going to be talking with him about what we're going to be seeing a lot of this offseason with regards to the transfer portal. Talk about some of the bigger names as well. And ironically enough, did not wind up having a chance to recap this one, so I'll be talking a little bit more about it tomorrow. But Jake Stevens at VMI, he did actually wind up committing to Chattanooga in the time between me and he having our conversation. He's a guy that is going to be brought up, a guy that shoots 49% from three at right around like six foot nine, six foot ten. So you've got that coming up. And we're also going to be talking about how there's been a lack of big names in the transfer portal if we think that this is going to be reversing itself in the meantime and as the offseason winds are going along as well and just how some of these teams are utilizing the transfer portal and how it's helping out mid-majors. So a nice wide-ranging chat with Cooper coming up in the second segment and then in the final segment. Going to give you guys a little bit of a recap as to everything that we wound up seeing in college basketball in terms of news, notes, drive decisions, what have you from Sunday and if you do have a question for this podcast, segment idea, what have you, you've got one of two ways we offer these in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letter CM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated, and then from there, irritable fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. We really didn't get in a lot of coaching news these last few days, but with that said, what I do think is very intriguing is taking a look at if some of these schools are going to be holding out with regards to the transfer portal or not because we're going to be mentioning this with Cooper Watson in the second segment but we noticed that a lot of the big time transfers that we wound up seeing last offseason, a lot of them came via the NBA draft and the good news is with the NBA season being a little bit more normalized because you may recall during the All-Star break last season we had the Bucks versus Suns NBA final going down so that wound up setting the NBA draft back quite a bit. You've got a little bit more of a normal season. So here in the months of May and June, we're going to be seeing a lot of these guys winding up pulling out of the NBA draft and then deciding to come back from where they came or if they decide to go back into the transfer portal. And some of these guys actually enter into the transfer portal at the same time that they enter into the NBA draft as well to just keep all options open. So I'm going to find it fascinating to see if a few schools, especially some of these teams out there at the Power 5 level, wind up holding a scholarship or two back just to try to be able to court some of these guys and I've got to think that there is circumstances in which 
a guy says, if I don't wind up hearing what I want to in the NBA draft, I'm going to commit to you guys in the transfer portal. I think that that has happened in the past as well. I think that that wound up being the case with Landers Nolly. So that is something to take a look at. So we're going to be diving into that with Cooper Watson, talking a whole bunch about the transfer portal and how it's had an effect on college basketball and some of the schools that are utilizing it to the best and the worst of their abilities. That's up next right here on Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp and over at BetterHelp, they're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much, so hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said, therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never see me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> With myself, Greg Gibbs, and now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guest. As this man does a terrific job of being able to cover college basketball over there at Busting Brackets as a part of Fan Sighted's college basketball coverage. He is out there in the great state of North Carolina. We've had a lot of gentlemen from the great state of North Carolina on in the last few days, and this is a guy that does a great job of just being able to take a look at college basketball all season long. As we do have Cooper Watson joining the show. You're able to follow him on Twitter at Easy Enough Cooper, and then the letter T, and then his last name, Watson, all together. And Cooper, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Greg. Thank you for joining me, man. Cooper, we've seen a lot of movement already this offseason. I mean, we are less than seven days away from Kansas being able to cut down the nets. And what have you really seen with regards to the transfer portal? Because I noticed that there have been quite a few mid-majors trying to make a statement, look no further than Wyoming, last 
few days being able to bring in a trio of guys from the Pac-12. And I think that it is very intriguing because it feels like there are a lot of mid-majors that they're really trying to go after the guys that are the most highly touted right now. Meanwhile, more of the power conference schools, I feel like they've been really holding Pat, seeing who winds up leaving the NBA draft. Yeah, it's interesting with regards to the mid-majors. In college football, it feels like we've seen the sort of big schools dominate the portal. College basketball, less so. I mean, obviously, teams like Kentucky, they can get sort of get their pick and benefit from the portal as well. But these mid-major teams are able to get guys that, you know, coming out of high school were ranked more highly than their typical recruits and just maybe didn't pan out, didn't get enough playing time at their school. You look at these two transfers to Wyoming from USC and then one from UCLA. I mean, those are guys that, quite honestly, Wyoming's not going to get out of high school from just a talent and physical standpoint. So I love seeing the mid-majors benefit. The high majors will be okay. It's interesting. I don't know how you feel on this. The portal this year feels not as strong as last year. Just looking at it, looking at some of the big names, and you've got Nigel Pack, Jani Broom, you've got some big names in there, but it feels not as strong at the top. Maybe that's just a factor of hindsight looking back at the transfers this past season. Some overachieved if you look at Alondez Williams and guys like that. I mean, that's not a guy. A year ago this time, we weren't looking at Alondez Williams saying he's going to be an unbelievable transfer and win ACC player of the year. So maybe that's hindsight, but I don't know. Maybe that's why we're seeing the bigger schools sort of lay off right now. In addition to the NBA draft, they're going to get involved in a couple weeks here when they see where their guys are going. I mean, with Kentucky, you've got Shibway, Shaden Sharp. You've got guys like that still sort of holding out. So we'll see. Yep, I do think that what has really become more popular is these guys that they wind up entering into the NBA draft, they pull out of the draft, and then they wind up entering into the transfer portal. So I do think that that's a big thing to take a look at. I'm in somewhat agreement with you as well. I think that part of it is hindsight. Part of it is it's just not as strong. Like a guy like Kenny Lofton, oh, absolutely. Whoever winds up getting him, that's going to be massive. And I don't think anyone would wind up seeing four and a half blocks per game out of Walker Kessler when he wound up going to Auburn. We all thought he was going to be relatively solid. We thought that he was going to be an impact starter, but I don't think anyone wound up seeing quite that coming as well. So I do think that it is a little bit of both as we do have Cooper Watson joining me on the podcast. And I think that it is fascinating how the SEC is attacking the transfer portal because as we know, Arkansas has been one of the most active teams in the portal in just pass off seasons in general. They've already picked up the Mitchell brothers. Alabama has been a team that has really adapted to it as well. Mark Sears, a 19 point per game score. He is going to be going to Alabama. And then you've got all these new coaches over there in places like South Carolina, LSU, Mississippi State, wanted picking up Deshaun Davis over the weekend. So list goes on and on. And I think that they've really been the most active conference when it comes to the portal, just because there is so much movement going on in that conference. Yeah, I mean, you hit on it. It's interesting that Arkansas and Alabama have sort of made the biggest splash so far from the portal, given that they have these head coaches that, you know, they haven't been there that long at their schools in NATO and Eric Musselman, but they're established guys, right? And, you know, you see so many coaching changes in that league as well. You're going to have a lot of activity. You're going to guys have leaving schools. I mean, LSU lost every single scholarship player, all of them. I mean, they left either to the draft with Tari Eason or to the portal. So Matt McMahon is going to have to replace an entire roster at LSU. So you're going to get, I mean, at least eight more transfers to LSU alone. So, and then you've got Georgia, Florida, these different schools picking up transfers. SEC, I know they didn't 
do particularly well in the tournament, which was disappointing. But that was a really strong conference last year, probably the second strongest in the country over the course of the season behind the Big 12. Again, Big 12 sort of become the standard oh. there. But SEC is a really strong league. It's just interesting with these new coaches uh, to see how they attack that league with it being so difficult. You know, you're having to go up against Bruce Pearl, Eric Musselman, who, by the way, Arkansas has the number two class coming in as well. Fresh. Three McDonald's All-Americans. Right. So it's not like he's just hitting the portal. I mean, he is doing that with some interesting moves that I'm not totally sure work from a roster perspective. A bunch of centers, basically. I don't know how they're all going to get playing time. but So that'll be interesting. But Arkansas has a ton of talent. If you're just looking at talent, and not trying to figure out how are they going to play all these guys together. Arkansas is maybe preseason number one. I know I've seen them at the top of several lists in the past week or two weeks. Yeah, and I do take a look at the just makeup of a lot of these teams that they've been able to go far in the NCAA tournament in past years and really be overachieving teams as well. And I mean, we mentioned Arkansas. It feels like they do a good job of being able to look at a wide variety of avenues for being able to get talent because You've got a lot of schools that they're now trying to do it exclusively from the portal. You've got some schools that they're still trying to develop their talent, bring in a bunch of freshmen, bring in a bunch of one and dones, and they really leave it at that. I feel like the schools that are doing the best are sort of doing a blend. They wind up bringing in a few star freshmen. Like, I mean, even at Kentucky, obviously, things did not wind up going well for them in the NCAA tournament. But I look at John Calipari, and he's done a great job of being able to form his rosters in the last few years, bringing in Oscar Shibuya in the transfer portal, but also bringing in Ty Ty Washington with regards to an impact guard that was able to be a star right away as a freshman. And I think that that's really the biggest way to go, being able to have that good blend between freshmen and the transfer portal, I think is now crucial in this day and age of college basketball. I agree. I mean, and Kentucky again this year, he's going to have to add some talent. If we assume everyone leaves that's projected to be picked in the first or second round, which obviously might not happen. You know, Shibway, there's a chance he comes back. I'm not sure why he would. I don't think he's going to raise his draft stock any coming back. There's the NIL thing that adds an extra layer to that. But, I mean, he's got two recruits coming in this year, which is not a lot for Kentucky. I mean, typically they've got four or five, six because they got a bunch of guys leaving. I mean, they're going to have three to four five guys leaving in the draft and on eligibility. A couple guys in the portal already. Two five-star freshmen, though. Two top 10 freshmen in Casey Wallace and Chris Livingston. So, yeah, it's a mix. I'm going to reference my hometown team, Wake Forest. Steve Forbes uh, obviously did a great job this year, even though they didn't make the tournament. With transfers, I already mentioned Alondez Williams, Jake Laravia from Indiana State. You know, basically Wake Forest's entire team, almost all of them outside of Isaiah Musius, were transfers either this year or last year. And that's not ideal. It's great that he's shown the ability to get these transfers and develop them, but it's not ideal because the portal is sort of volatile and it's new and we don't fully understand it. And is it going to be like this every year for the next 10 years? We don't know. Maybe it's just going crazy for a couple of years and then guys sort of figure out, you know, maybe grass isn't always greener. So I don't know. It's interesting. I would like to see some teams. It's a mixture. I like what Kentucky's done. Calipari is going to have to land a couple more transfers if they want to compete to win the SEC, which is going to be a really difficult league again with Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama. 
all those guys. Oh, it is certainly going to be a load trying to get through the SEC, as we do have Cooper Watson joining me on the podcast. And I do take a look at a team that you cover quite a bit. I know that this is your pinned tweet right now, taking a look at NC State. The fact that they wound up having Manny Bates for literally like five or ten minutes this season. He winds up going out, and then from there, NC State, they did a terrible job in the SEC. Anyone that wanted betting on them, well, they wound up losing a bunch of money. They were the second worst against a spread team to Pacific this year. So they were, yeah, that was really, really bad. So brutal against the spread, yeah. Yeah, that was really bad to say the least. But where do you think the arrow is pointing on both NC State and Manny Bates? Because Bates, he decided to enter into the transfer portal. He's always a guy that I liked. A guy that with regards to blocks on a permanent basis in the two seasons that he's actually played, he was very solid with that regard. And for NC State, I've always liked Kevin Keats, but he hasn't been able to get the job done yet at NC State, which I find to be intriguing because I always think that Kevin Keats is going to be able to turn it around just as that happened for him at this point. I like Keats personally. I thought he would do like pretty much everybody. I think thought he would do well. He has not done well so far, not to make excuses because this happened for a lot of guys and a lot of guys that have been fired already, but NC State was in the running, you know, COVID 2020, there was a chance they were going to make the tournament. So you miss out on that and you can look back and say, look, he's been here for six years. He's made one tournament and that was in his first season. And then you get the argument that he had Gottfried's players, all that stuff. So there have been some unfortunate injuries. I mean, Manny Bates in the first minute, first minute of the first game of this season, he goes out. I like Manny as well. Defensively, he's as good as it gets basically at the center position. He's a little raw offensively, but there's a lot of teams in college basketball. Almost every team would take Manny Bates at center. It hurts to lose him if you're an NC State fan. I mean, the arrow, you asked where this arrow pointing, it's pointing down, but you know, at least you know that you're going to get everything out of Keats and his staff, which has been reworked a little bit in the past month this year because it's his last season. That's no secret. So he's going to have to land a bunch of transfers. You've got a couple guys Darian Seabront or Quavion Smith, who could potentially get picked. If they leave, it's going to be big trouble. That's the two guys you can't replace. It's two stars, two potential All-ACC guys. Darian Seabron was All-ACC this year. If NC State happens to lose them to the draft, and I think Terquavion Smith's more likely to be picked just because of his age. He's younger, got a better skill set, can shoot the ball better. But pointing down, I mean, NC State's not going to be good again next year. Honestly, I'd be surprised if they're good. I'm not going to say any team's not going to be good with the portal nowadays. It's so possible to have that quick turnaround one year, but I'm expecting very little. I'd be shocked if they make the tournament, which means that it's probably going to be Kevin Keats last year. I hope not. I like the guy. I still believe in the guy. I, it just hasn't worked out. I don't know. NC State's a tough job. Expect a lot. Two national championships, granted 40 and 50 years ago, top 20 to 25 program probably of all time you know you make one tournament in seven years or six years if you take out the COVID year it's just not going to cut it nope not at all it has not been a good ride for NC State the last few seasons I still remember when they wound up having Mark Gottfried at the helm and it felt like they were on the bubble every single year and every year they want to get again they won multiple games in the NCAA tournament it was always Funny to watch. They were Syracuse before Syracuse was Syracuse. So that was absolutely hilarious as we do have Cooper Watson joining me on the podcast. And Cooper, when it comes to some of the big names that are out there on the portal, we mentioned it. It's not necessarily as big with regards to some of the guys that are out there right now, but as we know, that could wind up changing in a hurry. The NCAA tournament just wound up getting done right around 
six to seven days ago. So I fully expect more big names to be entering in. But who are some of the guys that you're watching right now as to where they wind up going? Because I mentioned Kenny Bofton a few minutes ago. I think Fadas Amik, who was over there at Utah Valley, that is certainly a name that you do want to be watching out for. You mentioned mm-hmm. Nigel Pack. Any other guys that you think if he if they wind up going to a specific school, they they could really change your fortunes? I'm going to go back to Jameer Young, uh, uh, Wake Forest. I'm going to stick in North Carolina. Jameer Young is a guy who is from UNC Charlotte, which is a school that not a lot of people follow, obviously, because they haven't been very good. Not bad, but not good. Jameer Young can play. He's a point guard. He's a scorer. I mean, he's a guy that I think if you put him on Wake Forest with some freedom, playing for Steve Forbes, who we saw what he can do with transfers this year. That's a guy that has, I think, all ACC potential. So that's one guy I'm definitely looking for in terms of a specific school. And we've heard, you know, I know Jameer's been linked there. He's going to take an official visit pretty soon, I think. Another name, and I'm not entirely sure about potential destinations here, but Jake Stevens is a guy I like a lot. He's a center from VMI. The stats, if you look at his stats per game stats, advanced stats, pick any kind of stat you want to look at, were unbelievable this last year. I mean, he had 20-20 games, 20.20 rebound games. He shot like 49% from three on five attempts per game. Just ridiculous stats at VMI, you know, basically almost seven foot. That's a guy that, and he blocks shots defensively. I'm a little concerned about his ability to, you know, in the modern game, come out and guard guards if you switch pick and rolls or stuff like that. But outside of that, he does everything you would want. So Jake Stevens from VMI is a guy that I would keep an eye on. Whenever he ends up committing, and he's going to get a lot of high major interest, he's a top 15 transfer in my book. That's definitely a guy I'd be excited about. Oh, Jake Stevens was able to do a tremendous job at a VMI program that they were tremendous on offense. They were tremendously bad on defense. So it was a lot of fun basketball to be able to take a look at. And Cooper, I know that you're doing a great job over there in the eastern part of the country. I mentioned it before. You hail out there in the great state of North Carolina, doing great work over there at Bus and Brackets. And I know that you do a couple other things this offseason as well. I know that you're going to be very much taking a look at these coaching changes, taking a look at the transfer portal, projecting forward to the 2022-23 season. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just what's all on deck for you. Yeah, Cooper T. Watson on Twitter. You already mentioned that. I'm going to be writing some stuff. I'm going to be trying to do a little bit of NBA draft stuff, sort of breaking into that, which is something I've never written about, although I follow it. I should have a piece on Tari Eason, who I mentioned earlier, coming up pretty soon. I like him as a as a top 10 pick, really. So that's a spoiler for that. But you can read why I like him as a top 10 pick. That should drop, you know, hopefully this week sometime. Transfer portal, way too I'm not a big way too early guy. I don't know. Unless I get specifically tasked with it, Tristan Freeman, my man over it busting brackets unless he really wants me to do that i'm not a way too early guy but i'm going to be keeping up with transfers definitely coaching changes you're going to see a lot of acc stuff out of me and yeah nba draft hopefully i should get five or six pieces out here before the draft so i'm excited about that i think it's going to be a very fascinating nba draft this year with just all the guys that decide to declare you're going to be seeing Jaden ivy towards the top you're going to be seeing a lot of these guys like Paul Boncaro and company that you recognize from the NCAA tournament, they're going to be getting picked. And then you got guys like Pat Baldwin, who are a big, giant Bussaroonie being in there as well. So it's going to be really interesting to take a look at how these teams wind up being able to pick these guys. And 
it's going to be really interesting to see all the work from Cooper Watson moving forward. He does a great job being able to take a look at all things with regards to the game of basketball. And it was great to get him on the podcast today. So big thanks to Cooper for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Superstar, part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast uh, that I give you a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we wound up getting in college basketball on Sunday. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, bro. <laughs> Great to get Cooper Watson on the podcast. He's doing a great job just taking a look at the game of basketball in general. I've used him a few times for being able to reference a few stats. I've given him a lot of credit for that on this podcast as he's doing a nice job being able to take a look at things with regards to bus and brackets. That is a part of Fansided's college basketball coverage and great to be able to get him aboard today. So big thanks to him. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to everything that we want to see in college basketball on Sunday. Wound up seeing Sam Godwin, who was playing at Walford this last season. He was an all-freshman performer out there in the SoCon. He decided that he's going to be going to Oklahoma now. I don't expect big things from him. He's going to be a little bit more of a glue guy this last season at Walford. Six and a half points per game. A very solid plus defender. Was able to give you right around three boards per game at six foot nine, but certainly not a guy that wound up putting up rambunctious numbers. Got to think that he's going to be just a little bit more of a depth guy in general, but certainly going to be able to help out an Oklahoma team that they did wind up having a very stout defense last season. Big thing is for them, going to be able to take care of the balls. We wound up seeing a lot of guys decide where they were going to be going this weekend as Dona Hearn, who was playing at NJIT this last season, 
He's going to be heading to Jacksonville. Wound up starting 25 games for NJIT last season and was really one of their big two as he wound up being able to put up 12 points per contest, chipped in their three boards. They wind up shooting 37.5% from three-point range. It was a case of he and Miles Coleman really doing a little bit of everything for the team. Nobody else on the team wound up averaging at least eight points per contest. So they really carried the team and now with them out of the fold, it is going to be a little bit tough for this NJIT team moving forward. They just haven't been able to find a lot of success under Brian Kennedy. You did wind up seeing Jake Kaiman also decide that he was going to be going to Wyoming. Third Pac-12 player in the last four days to decide that he is going to be going to Wyoming as he wound up having Max Ogabonu, hopefully I'm saying that one correctly, along with Ethan Anderson over there at USC. Both decide to go to Wyoming and now with Kaiman. Guy that wanted just being glued to the bench a little bit more at UCLA. High expectations were there for him during the 2019-20 season. Five and a half points per contest, shot 40% from three-point range as a six-foot-six combo player. Wound up seeing a dip in production the last two years. Wound up averaging just two and a half points per game this last season. Got to think that at a school like Wyoming, should be able to see a lot of playing time and should be able to stuff the stat sheet. So I think that this is going to be a very good fit for him. And then you wound up seeing Connor Gachera. He was playing over there at William and Mary last season and he has left the tag team and he is going to be forming a team that we know has five. That would be the Davidson Wildcats as last season for Kachera. He wound up starting every game for William and Mary, wound up having right around 11 points per contest down from the 13 and a half. He wound up having the season before. Did shoot 32% from three-point range, so not necessarily terrific, but was able to do a relatively solid job there. At 6'5", good combo player. I think that he is going to be able to find quite a bit of success right away. You did wind up seeing a player from the non-D1 level go up to the D1 level. That would be Philip Alston as he was playing at California, Pennsylvania. Clear that loyal Chicago looking to form a little bit more of an imprint when it comes to what they're doing out there in the Atlantic 10. And last season, you take a look at what Olsen was able to do. A little bit of a six foot six combo player over there with California, uh, Pennsylvania, which I find that to be very intriguing that you've got a California out there in Pennsylvania. But 21 points and 11 rebounds per game. Got to say, well, pop threes didn't necessarily do a lot of that, though. Shot 27% from distance, six foot six. 225-pound combo player, very much a good plus defender, a guy that's able to do a nice job down low, and I really feel like that's what Loyola Chicago was missing last season, a guy that was able to be a little bit more of a rim protector, so I do think that this is going to be very big for them. When it comes to guys coming up from the non-D1 level to the D1 level, Amir Mohammed is another one of them. He was playing at Lubbock Christian this last year, and he is going to be heading to Troy. Six foot one guard, so not a guy with necessarily a lot of size, but a guy that did wind up having quite a bit of production this last season. 15.5 points per contest with regards to assists. He wound up being able to dole out a little bit more than three per contest. So was able to do a solid job there. Troy has been lacking some three-point shooting. Shot 36% from three, 81% at the free throw line. A relatively solid rebounder as well. A guy that was able to haul in there right around six or so rebounds per game. These are the types of gritty guys that Troy likes. So I do think that that is going to be a very solid fit for them. Going to be interesting to take a look at this fit as well as Brandon Huntley-Hartfield. He has decided that he is going to be transferring out of... Tennessee. We've seen a few Tennessee guys wind up transferring out of the program as you wind up seeing Quentin DeBoji. Hopefully I'm saying that one correctly. I'm sure that I am not. He decided that he was going to be going to East Carolina on Saturday. Now with Huntley Hetfield, he was the number 23 recruit in ESPN in the class of 2021. They wind up making 13 starts, only about 4 points, 3 rebounds per game. He did wind up seeing some ailments and just in general, John Fulkerson did wind up falling out of the fold a little bit more so. He did wind up being able to put up some bigger numbers towards the back half of the season. And 
you do take a look at it and the final eight games of the season so from pretty much February 26th on you did wind up having six points four and a half rebounds per game not necessarily rambunctious numbers but at six foot ten 235 pounds Trust me, when you're going to see someone want him, we all remember what Walker Kessel was able to do last season. Certainly, I don't think that he's going to be going to another school and then is going to put up four and a half blocks per game, but I do think that a change of scenery might be very good for him. David Bohm, he has decided that he is going to be getting a change of scenery going from Northern Kentucky is a gentleman from the Czech Republic, by the way, and he is going to be heading over to Eastern Washington. Very solid for Northern Kentucky two seasons ago, putting up 7.5 points per contest. Shot only about 30% from three, but certainly was able to be a good scorer during the 2020-21 season. This last year, 3.5 points per game really saw a cut in his minutes at six foot nine. a guy that doesn't necessarily do the world's greatest job of being able to rebound. That's going to be critical for him, but Eastern Washington, we saw them do a very good job with regards to being able to bring in transfers last season. I have faith that this coaching staff going to be able to do so once again this year. You've got Neil Quinn heading over to Richmond. Richmond did a solid job with versatile big men last season, and Neil Quinn, I think that he's going to fit the bill very well this last year. With Lafayette started all but one game, 14.5 points, 7.5 boards, 4 assists. He wound up popping a few threes, not a bunch of them, but shot 40% from three. got to think that he's going to work on that aspect of his game, but a 7-footer that's able to have set handles much like Grant Golden did, this is absolutely massive for Richmond, so I think that this is one of the better pickups that they could have had in the transfer portal. It's going to be interesting to see what Javante Black is going to be able to offer to the table of Northwestern State as well. He was playing for a Missouri State team that was one of the better ones out there in the Missouri Valley Conference this last season. And at a school like Northwestern State, you've got to figure that he's going to be able to tear it up because last season, 8.5 points, right around 3 rebounds per game. From 3 point range, he was able to stroke it at a clip of 39%, made 89% of his free throws. The Southland, not necessarily known for great shooting. They are known for being able to generate steals. He didn't necessarily do a ton of that while at Missouri State, but I do think that the six foot four gentleman out there on the wing going to be able to light it up at a little bit of a lower level of competition. I expect very big numbers from him. I do expect Deshaun Davis to have success as well. He was at Oregon State this last season, and he is going to be now going to Mississippi State. Mississippi State has seen a little bit of a change in regime as Chris Jans, who was coaching over there at New Mexico State and really has good ties to junior college coaches and just the Juco ranks in general, which is where Deshaun Davis was a few seasons ago. He winds up being able to pluck this gentleman who was really able to do a solid job for an Oregon State team that was very poopy this last season. 11 points, 5.5 assists, 1.5 seals per game now. Three-point shooting is not there with him. He shot 18.8% from three-point range, but you take a look at what he was able to do in the back half of the season. He was certainly out by that multiple overtime game that he wanted to play against USC, but final 16 games of the season that he wanted to play in, so from December 30th on, 12.5 points per contest. He wound up giving out a little bit over six assists per game. Three-point shooting still was not there, but was able to put up some very nice numbers. So I'm very intrigued what he's going to be able to bring to Mississippi State, and I do think that he is going to be a relatively solid fit. Deshaun Thomas, he was playing at Colorado State this last season, and he is going to be heading over to Montana. We've seen Montana have some success in the transfer portal. I've always liked Thomas. Six foot nine combo player that last season was able to shoot 40% from the field overall, but wound up shooting right around 41% from three-point range as he was able to put up five and a half points. Needs to work on rebounding a little bit more, three rebounds per game, but also shot 87.5% at the free fly in Montana. Has always been a team that has done a very good job of being able to knock down the free throws, so I think that this is going to be a very seamless fit and should make Montana a contender out there in the big sky. You've also got 
Lauren Bowman II. He has decided that he is going to be going from Wisconsin to Oakland. Eli's season at Wisconsin was a relatively solid three-point shooter, making 40% of his threes, but only three points per contest. Only wound up seeing 10.5 minutes per game. He is a native of Detroit, Michigan. That is very, very near the campus of Oakland, so it makes all the sense in the world that he is going to be going home, and we have seen success be had by Oakland transfers, and we've also seen Oakland transfers just wind up torpedoing the program as well, so it's going to be intriguing to see how that marriage is going to wind up going to Marcus Sharp. He was also at Missouri State, and much like Javonta Black, he is heading to Northwestern State. The Demons all of a sudden become one of the top teams out there in the Southland, with both of these gentlemen being able to come over as you wound up seeing Sharp during the 2020-21 season, really putting up numbers. Only played eight games a season due to injury, but when he was fully healthy during that 2020-21 season, 8.5 points, 3.7 assists, 4 boards, shot about 32.5% from 3-point range, wasn't rambunctious, but at the same time, was able to give you a little bit of something. A guy that doesn't necessarily turn the ball for a whole lot flat, so that is going to be great for this team, and Lance Harry, I think is going to be terrific as well. He is going to be transferring from Gardner-Webb, and he is going to Georgia Tech after he wound up putting up 14.5 points per game as a starter this last season. 2020-21 season was a loss here from was looking like it was going to be very solid and then was marred by injury. Came back healthy this year. Wound up shooting 35% from three-point range. Georgia Tech they need all the help that they can get on the offensive front and he was certainly able to deliver quite a bit of that when it came to Gardner-Webb this last season. A Gardner-Webb team that was in the top 65 with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis. So that is going to be a big pickup for them. Bryce Golden heading from Butler to Loyola Chicago. That is also a big get as Loyola Chicago. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. They also wound up getting a 91 gentleman in Philip Olsen and it's very clear that it looks like Loyola Chicago is trying to go a little bit bigger. Golden, he stands 6'9", 260 pounds. Guy that was able to pop threes while he was at Butler shot right around 34.5% from three-point range, 8.5 points per game down from the 10.5 they wound up having during the 2020-21 season. Needs to work a little bit on his rebounding with 3.5 rebounds per game, but certainly should be a floor spacer for this team and should be able to give Loyola Chicago a dimension that not a lot of teams out there in the Atlantic 10 is going to be able to match up with. The second player this week from St. Bonaventure has decided that they are going to be putting their name in for the NBA draft. It was Jalen Edaway a few days ago, and now it's Oshun Oshuni. Oshuni is not signing with an agent as of right now, so he is in the test of the waters mode. He has been a starter in all four of his years with the Bonnies and was terrific this year. 11.5 points, 7.5 boards, 2.9 blocks per contest, 6'10", 220-pound big man. I don't know what his NBA prospects are. I certainly don't think that they're necessarily too terrific because he's not a guy that necessarily is able to space the floor, but if he and Adway do not wind up coming back, St. Bonaventure, they are in a world of hurt. If both of these gentlemen come back, St. Bonaventure, they're going to be in for a very big year. So this is going to be very much worth monitoring. And then we wind up seeing it late in the day. A couple last-minute guys that wind up deciding where they're going to be going. We were talking about it with Cooper Watson, Jake Stevens. At the time, we had no idea where he was going to be ending up, and he decided right after our interview that he was going to be making a decision and that decision is to join the Mocs of Chattanooga, a very good school out there in the SoCon, so he's going to be transferring within the conference and for Stevens, absolutely lit it up last season. Guy that's saying 6'10", 265 pounds, wound up averaging 19.5 points, 9 boards while shooting from 3 point range, 49% from 3, and rode in neutral court games over 52% from distance. Now, he comes from a VMI school that, we're going to call it what it is, the defense, it was certainly lacking quite a bit last season, but certainly I do think that you're going to see a little bit more of a defensive effort from Chattanooga even though you did wind up seeing a little bit of a coaching change in the offseason, so that is an absolutely massive get for them. 
And then David Patrick, the new Sacramento State coach, he wanted landing a nice transfer as well. Another guy with some versatility, that'd be Hunter Marks, who last season he was playing at Hartford with Marks, guy that stands right in the neighborhood, about six foot nine-ish, eleven and a half points, four and a half boards, limited to just nineteen games a season, but shot from three-point range, forty-two and a half percent from distance. If you're able to get a clean bill of health for him, because has dealt with some injuries throughout his career, that is going to be massive for a Sacramento State program. That let's call it what it is. They've had a tough time on offense and had a tough time being able to attract big men in recent years, but one thing that we do not lack on this podcast is being able to get great guests, and Cooper Watson was certainly that in the second segment. A big thanks to him. Didn't really wind up seeing any NBA draft decisions or coaching news on Sunday, so didn't wind up having any of that, but if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you have one or two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Any other way is fine an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the college basketball season. And as you guys have now found out, the offseason as well. And that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.